Welcome, B-Movie fans, to another B-Movie interview. I'm Paul. And I'm Corey. And joining us today is Lou Simons. She's here to talk about her upcoming film, Three, An Eye for an Eye. Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on here. Uh, so, what first inspired you to become a filmmaker? It happened, like, uh, really way into my life. It wasn't something that was even in my radar. And then, um, um, I want to say, 2000 and. 10, I was helping a friend uh, rewrite a script. I had studied creative writing in college, but I never really pursued it. And then um, helping him rewrite the script, I thought, you know, I can do this. I can write the scripts. This is a lot easier than, you know, doing uh, um, prose, you know, books or what have you. And so... I started writing scripts, and after that, I was like, yeah, it'd be actually kind of nice to see I see one actually come to life and see all these characters, you know, like become real people. So made my first film and four after that. On these films, you've been writer, producer, director. You've done many, many jobs. What is your favorite aspect of making these films? Writing is still like my number one passion. I mean, it's, it's probably to me the most rewarding thing because you really are starting with a complete blank slate and to be able to create this whole world and all these characters and their backstories and all that stuff is to me the most rewarding thing. But then, you know, but it's kind of lonely because you're just by yourself in a room. So I definitely really, really enjoy the camaraderie that comes along with actually making the films. So I don't know. It's hard to pick at this point. It's like choosing between, you know, two kids or something. (laughs) Everybody's got a favorite kid, right? (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about Three or An Eye for an Eye? Uh, What's the general plot and idea behind the film? It's a psychological thriller slash horror film. It start it starts out with to what should feel a little bit like your typical rape revenge story. A man and a woman kidnap uh, the man who uh, allegedly raped her the week the year before, and he's come up with an alibi. And because of that, they haven't been able to prosecute him. So um, they are going to tie him up and make him confess. Um, the problem is, is that as the movie moves forward, you're not really sure who's telling the truth because he keeps denying it and he's very believable at that. And, you know, things happen that make that should, if it works, you know, the way it's supposed to, um, that should make you start questioning who's, who's telling the truth. What would you say is the most unique aspect of three, an eye for an eye? Gosh... That'd be really hard to say without spoiling it. I think I think one of the things that definitely was a huge challenge for me, and and I thought you know I thought if I can get I can do this, I will have surpassed all my skills. Is how to keep it interesting, 
despite the fact that it all takes place in one house with three characters. Um, so I think in that respect, it's a little bit unique. Maybe, you know, it's been done. It's not like it's never been done, but it's definitely not something you see every day. And uh, so far, I mean, the reviews have been so favorable and everybody seems to like it, despite the fact that it's, you know, that it, in fact, they actually say that it works very well for the film, the fact that it all takes place in, in one place um, because it makes the film more claustropho- claustrophobic for them. So... Were there any unexpected challenges or interesting stories that occurred while making three? Uh, how long is this show? <laughs> every day was something else. Uh, the first thing that happened was when we got to a location, we had rented a house for a couple of weeks and we get there and there are actually people living there. Like they were not supposed to be there. Um, so we basically had to share this house with like about five people. Hey, extra crew members for free. I wish. No, no. Instead, it was like, oh, we can't, you know, um, have too much noise. Uh, Can somebody please tell them to go turn down the TV? Can, you know, can they turn off the AC for half an hour while we get the shot? It was insane. It just made the whole thing so much more difficult. Um, Besides that, we had a major storm that flooded the basement where we were were filming all the scenes where he's, you know, tied up in the basement. Um, We had a room that was supposed to have been finished. And when we got there, it had no floor. So we had to put, like, um, just... Um, plywood on top of the the beam, whatever those things are called, and basically just put the furniture on top, so everything kind of moved <laughs> when you walked. It it was a it was a challenge for sure. It might be the first time I've heard of um, filming where there are people living in the house that nobody knew. <laughs> oh man, that was funny. But it was I mean. You're on the spot. We had we had gone there. We went. We filmed in Chattanooga, and none of us lived there, so we had already everybody there. And it was like, well, we can either back out and replan all this, at which point we would lose a ton of because we brought equipment, all kinds of things, or we can just see how we can make it work. And we chose the second. If you could choose anyone in filmmaking to work with, alive or dead, um, who would it be and why? You know, it's funny, a couple of years ago, I would have said Hitchcock, because he's still my favorite, but then I've seen a lot of movies about him that you might, you actually didn't want to work with him, <laughs> so, um, so I would choose probably Wes Craven, which I wish, I wish I'd ever gotten to meet him, that was like my big dream, so I was very bummed when he passed away. What qualities do you think make a great film, and could you give us some examples of films that you would consider great? I mean, I think it's, that's a very personal thing to everybody. For me, I like stuff that's suspenseful, that's some kind of mystery to solve, um, that there's some kind of twist. I really enjoy twists and, you know, and reveals stuff that you really just didn't see coming. Um, So for like, for me, my favorite Silence of the Lambs, you know, Um, and I know there's a huge debate about whether that's horror or whether it's a thriller, you know. Either way, it's it's to me that's like filmmaking for perfection. That would explain a couple of the lines throughout uh, three. Then, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Always nice to see the, those little homages in there. Oh yeah. 
Now, on the opposite end, are there movies that you enjoy watching as a guilty pleasure? Movies that you know aren't great or good, but you like to watch them anyway? That I'm willing to admit publicly. <laughs> you know, I, okay, this is this is so going to be so girly, but I, I, I actually kind of like, when I really want, like, really brainless uh, entertainment, I like romantic comedies. <laughs> because they just make you laugh because they're so corny, you know, and you know that's total fiction. So that's why I like them. There's nothing wrong with a good rom-com every once in a while. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to create their own independent film? Um, keep it simple. I think like the biggest thing that that when people approach me and I like asking me for advice and they show me scripts and what have you or they start talking to me about a project, um, it's always like. You know, all these locations, all these characters, all this action, all these special effects. And it's like, you know, you're not going to do that on your first one. I mean, I'm on my fifth and I still haven't gotten to do that. Um, you know, you have to just keep it simple. Keep a simple script, a uh, um, small amount of characters, um, so that you can try to make the best film that you can make for, you know, the budget that you have. You know, once you complicate it with all these, you know, changing locations and, you know, and, and having to have 20 different characters that you have to juggle around, you're not going to get a quality product on a low budget. So there's a question that uh, we ask every person we interview. We like everyone to weigh in on it for us because Paul and I are on opposite spectrums of this debate. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, what is your opinion on hairless cats? Oh, man. Really? All things? Um, all animals are beautiful, so, um, thumbs up on hairless cats. <laughs> all animals are beautiful, but some are more I've beautiful. known one, but, <laughs> I hear they're really, really affectionate, actually. See, I, I love them. Paul doesn't. I, I, when I see them, they're just a sign of, like, science gone wrong, and I, I just can't, like, justify their existence. They do look like, like, really old men or something. Kind of, yeah. It's like, what have we done to these cats? I always compare it to, like, Jurassic Park, where they're questioning whether or not they should have brought dinosaurs back. It's like, should we have created hairless cats? I think we needed to draw the line long ago. Were they created, or they were born like that? Like, is that, like, just a breed that naturally occurred? Or was there are several breeds of, quote-unquote, hairless cats. I mean, they've been around for hundreds of years, at least, but they were like I think modern like hairless cats are like a cro- or are um, a little different crossbreeds. Yeah, crossbreeds between a bunch of other things and mm. made well, of witchcraft and stuff like that. That's <laughs> what happens when you get them wet after midnight. <laughs> so when is three and I for an eye scheduled for a release, and where will people be able to watch it once it comes out? Coming out August seventh. It's gonna well on VOD and then on nine eleven of all dates. 9-11 on DVD, and it's going to be on the usual VOD sites, you know, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google Play, Xbox. I haven't heard about cable VOD, but probably they'll always manage to place it there. So probably that, and then on the DVD, I don't have the information yet, probably Amazon and a couple of the uh, video stores that still exist, believe it or not. For like two of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so where can we follow you to learn more about your film and any of the other projects you'll be working on in the future? The company website for our films is whitelotusmovies.com. And then all my Twitter, Facebook, um, 
IG is um, Miss MS Lou Simon. I used to get all kinds of mail that said Mr. Simon, so for a while <laughs> I decided to add the Miz in front of it. There you have it, B-Movie fans. Three, an eye for an eye, an upcoming horror film by Lou Simon. Lou, thank you for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss it, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. We review a different bmovie each week. New episodes every Friday on our website, bmoviebros.com. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave a message below. This has been another bmovie interview. We are the bmovie bros saying... Be brave, be alive, and be back next time.